0: Shall we begin?
1: Let's begin now. This is Brianna Stewart and listening to Dishon and Cooking.
0: Hi everybody, it's David Siegel, and we have a very special Dishing and Swishing podcast for you today. The Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame induction ceremonies are coming up over the weekend, and you know there are two big, noticeable re- names going in from women's basketball. One, of course, is Muffet McGraw, the head coach from Notre Dame, and then the other one is you know Connecticut's own. Uh, ESPN and former WNBA and NCAA standout Rebecca Lobo. And we are here to talk about Rebecca without her being here, which always makes it easy for us to have a little fun. And there's no better people than to bring her on, bring on to talk about Rebecca than her broadcast partners on WNBA games, Ryan Rucco and Holly Rowe. Ryan, welcome back to Dish and Intuition. It's great to have you back.
2: Thank you for having me, David.
0: And, Holly, we haven't talked in a long time, but it's great to have you back on the podcast, too.
1: I know. I love it. Thank you.
0: Well, guys, let's talk a little bit about what it's like. You know, you, you find, how long has it been since you guys have been working the WNBA games on ESPN
2: it, together This as a team? is our, as a team, this is our fifth season. Wow. It doesn't seem like it's that long. but Right? You know, I think, the, Holly, or is it six? No, I think it's five. It's our fifth season as a team.
1: I think it's five or six, yeah, and um, it's great. I I love that you say it doesn't seem that long because I think that means it's still fresh and fun. So that's how we feel about it. Like, it just feels like yesterday we became a team, and it's awesome.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. That is exactly why I felt that way because you guys are such a great team. The chemistry is clear to anybody that's listening that it's not just a case of you broadcasting and going through the motions. You guys are having fun. And, you know, Ryan, let's start talking a little bit about that with you, because you obviously, as the play-by-play, are the ringmaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, with, with these two and the things that they can say and do, and they constantly
2: keep you on your toes. <laughs> they do. They, they And you should see the way they keep me on my toes off air. But they, uh, they're, they're the best. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, uh, the the reason that um, it works and what makes you know being the ringmaster to use your term uh, doable is that both Holly and Rebecca have these amazing attitudes and they're down for whatever and they're not going to be easily offended and they're not defensive and they're self deprecating and they care and are passionate about the sport you know um, and, and in the case of uh, you know Rebecca uh, you know I think that one of the amazing things and you know, we talk about someone who's getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame, and she has no air of uh, ego or, um, you know, expectation about how she should be treated or handled. And I think that's one of the things that allows us to have that fun is knowing that, you know, no matter what, Rebecca's going to be okay wherever you take her because she has this genuinely positive, uh, affable attitude. No matter what's going on, and she doesn't take herself too seriously. And you know, a lot of times, like the more accomplished somebody is, the more seriously they take themselves, and maybe that can be a, a blockade to having that sort of humor and chemistry. But I think that uh, I think that Rebecca, despite all uh, she's accomplished, has remained uh, so down to earth.
0: Holly, now when you see th- when you go out, I see it in Connecticut. Obviously, it's a, it's different uh, because in Connecticut. You know, it's the on the court even more than the off the court. But when you're out and you and people see Rebecca, I've heard stories about, you know, the, them just coming up and seeing, you know, is it kind of like being in the, the women's basketball rock star's presence?
1: It's like being in any rock star's presence. I'm not joking when I tell you, look, we've been walking down the street in Los Angeles, like downtown Los Angeles in the land full of celebrities and stars, and a car will slam on its brakes and the guy's like yo rebecca lobo and (laughs) we were walking down the street in minnesota and this man followed us into the cbs pharmacy hey you're rebecca lobo and she's like yes i am he's like i might be homeless but i know me some rebecca lobo and we were like oh my god what what (laughs) i mean i can't even tell you that's one of seven thousand incidents of wherever i am anywhere in the world she stops traffic. One because she's so tall, she's so recognizable. But I find it ama- amazing her crossover impact that everybody knows her. You know, whether yeah. you are women's basketball fans, men's basketball fans in general, she she is so recognizable. And I think it really speaks to you know she's going in the Hall of Fame as a contributor of what she has contributed to this game. That she has become one of the most recognizable female athletes
0: in the world um for women's basketball it's so cool it really is and now Holly you first were working when the league started for the Utah Stars a lot of people don't realize that that you were one of the original broadcasters of the WNBA now Rebecca was injured i believe when you know at the early on there but you know the first time that she came in with the Liberty you know what was it was it different – what was it like when you were covering the league in those early days and Rebecca Lobo saying, showed up in town? I didn't
1: dare town. talk to her. Yeah, because, you know, she's this physically imposing person. And I think sometimes when you've seen people on TV, like Ryan was saying, you assume they're going to be full of themselves or they're going to have this ego. And and so I didn't dare talk to her. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Rebecca Lobo. And I didn't dare talk to her um, – And I look back on that now, like, how hilarious that is because she's the most engaging, most accommodating. Um, Like, you know, I wish I knew her better back then um, when I was covering games because she is so funny. But I didn't really get to know her and meet her, be introduced to her for the first time till we were at the Women's Final Four in Cleveland. And I I remember, like, you know, meeting a boyfriend coming down this escalator, and she was at the (laughs) bottom of the escalator with her two children in strollers and her husband. And I was with Doris Burke, and Doris knew Rebecca, and she introduced me to him. And I was trying to act all cool, like, oh, yeah, it's lovely to meet you. And inside I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Rebecca Lowell That's the first time I officially met her.
0: That's great. Ryan, you know, you obviously, uh, you've been working on the men's side with basketball, the NBA, baseball. You've covered all of the major men's sports, and yet, you, know, you the women's basketball is still developing those heroes, those cult figures, and such. Uh, when Holly says that it's like being in, with a rock star in any sport or any hmm. uh, anywhere else, you've seen how people treat the other stars as well. It, is it different, or is Rebecca just that kind of transcendent person off the court?
2: No, I mean it, it's it's exactly the same. It, it really is exactly what Holly talked about. I mean, when when I just see the people in my life uh, and the way they react to me getting to work with Rebecca, uh, you know, it's the same um, celebrity status, if you will, or greater uh, than, you know, when I'm working with uh, Jeff Van Gundy or Hubie Brown or David Cohn or, you know, Paul O'Neill or whoever it might be. There's that same like, oh my gosh, you get to work with Rebecca Lobo. And it's not, you know, it's not just from you know people who grew up uh in Connecticut and it's not just from women it's from uh you know men and and women girls and boys and it's uh it's this knowledge that i think exists within all sports fans because she really did transcend the interest in her individual sport um, and uh and and her gender and uh and her university i mean she was she really was i think the face of the the first wave of this boom of interest in, uh, in, in women's basketball that we've seen continue to grow. Um, and, uh, and that's why, I mean, Holly, that story she told, that was no exaggeration. We literally, I mean, there was a, there really was a homeless man who followed us into CBS to say, like, hey, Rebecca Lobo, I may be homeless, but I know who you are. Like, I mean, that is, and, and we, we cannot walk anywhere without multiple people stopping us to, you know, try and say they were a huge fan. Actually, earlier this year, uh, I think we were in Dallas, Holly. I think that's where we were. I was, I had to change a, a password for um some, one of my, you know, one of my Disney uh, accounts, one of the many things that we have, right, our different uh, our different uh, accounts uh, and and access points. And as I was on the phone, I'm talking to the guy like, oh, okay, well, what do you do for the company? Oh, I broadcast, like, where are you? And uh, I was like, oh, I'm in Dallas doing WNBA. He's like, man, he's like the WNBA. I just love the WNBA thanks to one woman and one woman only, Rebecca Lobo. I followed the Liberty from the time she got to them. Oh, my gosh, I had a Rebecca Lobo jersey. I miss her so much. She is my absolute favorite. And, of course, I was able to be like, well, you know, she's standing right next to me. I can put her on the phone. This guy was over the moon. You you know, it was like putting Elvis on the phone. He was, he could not have been more excited. And and that is the kind of reaction, you know, and this was a, this was a, a, a you know, a middle-aged dude. You know, this wasn't a little girl who just, like, had hoop dreams, which obviously Rebecca resonates with those people, but she resonates with everybody.
0: Well, uh, that's great. Uh, now, you know, the other thing, right, I, I, rumor has it that the biggest thing, that you do with for Rebecca that you transcend in my eyes is you actually she thinks so much of your ability to call sports that she'll actually watch a Yankee game
2: if you want to play. She yeah. will. She will. She's a good teammate. I think uh that's that's the one time that maybe the Red Sox or twins aren't on in uh in their in the Russian uh logo household but uh but that's how good a partner she is.
0: You no, know, I w- I was told that yours is probably the happiest marriage of Red Sox and Yankees since Don Zimmer danced with Pedro Martinez.
2: <laughs> that, that that feels pretty accurate. No, I I would say not even not even a Boston New York rivalry could come between uh, Rebecca and me. Wow! Uh,
1: I remember our first game of the year this year that we worked together. We were sitting at that nice restaurant at the St. Paul Hotel. And I asked you about the Yankees. You know, like, we're asking you, like, hey, what's important to you? What's going on in your life? But we hadn't seen you for a while. And you got really in-depth on the Yankees and Eric Judge and all this <laughs> stuff. And I could feel Rebecca, like, glazing over a little bit, but she was trying to be, like, so life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got to be here and listen to what's important to him. <laughs> it
0: was hilarious. Oh, that's great. Well, that is great. Well, Holly, now, now on the other side, I, you know, what I hear is that, you know, you, you get to Rebecca most easily through the kids. I heard that they call you Miss Roe and that you're like yes, a long-lost aunt to them, bringing them gifts from the airport and, you know, having those midnight dance parties in the hotel. <laughs>
1: That's true. We do do that. Um, I, I am the fun aunt, I think. It's so funny because Rebecca is so fun, and what people don't know, she has the dirtiest sense of humor. Like, she'll say
2: Oh, my something. gosh, yes. I
1: can't believe this mother of four. Like, she's filthy in a very funny, good way. But then I get with her around her kids, and she's very strict and motherly, which I guess mothers are. And I'm like, oh, come on. Can't the kids have a sleepover tonight? She's like, Holly, they have to get up. You know, she's very strict with the kids, and they, you know, have certain rules and regulations. And I I just laugh. I'm like, oh, I forgot. She's such you know. (laughs) Well,
0: from what it sounds like in in the tweets that I see back and forth, she has to be with Steve as the father, so. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. they're hilarious I'm, I'm working on a little project with them right now for something and they're hilarious steve keeps texting me and i'm like i'm dying laughing at every text from her husband they must have the funniest marriage ever
0: well the one thing that i do also have to say that i found incredibly impressive and touching is that miss Rowe is always a special blessing in their prayers each time
1: yes that's sweet her kids pray for me and She'll send me videos of Rose praying for Miss Rose and Miss Rowe, and it's just, I do feel part of their family, and it's really cool because, you know, I don't know if we have talked about this enough, um, it's really hard being in this business and being on the road and traveling and working every weekend and having kids. Um, I have a son that's 22, and it was hard when he was young. And I cannot comprehend that Rebecca is able to do this and be as good at her job and in Dialed in on the landscape of the W or the NCAA and everything that she's on top of with four young children. I mean, they're 12 and younger, and she's just done it with such grace and apparent. I know it hasn't been easy, but she makes it look easy. And her kids are wonderful and delightful. And I, of all of her many accomplishments, I, I'm the most proud of that one because it's hard to be a good mom in this job, and she's done it.
0: Very true, very true. Uh, it certainly seems like that's the case. Uh, I, I've seen, and, and it's funny, the normalcy. You know, she'll occasionally do color on a Connecticut Sun game, and once in a while, the kids will be there, and, and they're sitting there at the table in the dining hall, playing with their cell phones like every normal teenager. You would know that they're, you know, Rebecca's kids or anybody else, and compared to any of the other kids there, uh, they give her the eye roll and everything else, just like. <laughs> You know, my daughter used to do to me. <laughs> so. I, I I understand that completely. You know, one thing I do want to make sure I say also. You know, you talk about the difficulty in, in what she's doing with the with parenthood and covering the the W and women's college basketball. You two. You know, I am amazed at the depth of knowledge that I see in every broadcast that you guys bring to us. Be it, you know, college football, women's basketball, softball, uh, men's basketball, baseball. You guys, that's part of why it seems so fresh to me all the time, that you guys, that it doesn't seem like it's been so long because of the work that you guys put in, obviously on your own time, to stay up to date on each sport so that you know what you're talking about intelligently in all cases. And as a fan of the game and someone that watches, I thank you for that.
2: Well, that's super well, I, nice I, of you I, to I say, David, you David. And right.
1: oh. <laughs> Yeah, we did the WNBA draft for the first time together. I think it was two years ago, Ryan. Was that your first year?
2: The first year doing the draft, yeah. On the
1: draft, yeah. And, you know, we know these college kids inside and out. We've spent four years getting to know these kids. And I kind of thought maybe, I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised with such great care in his broadcasting. But he shows up, and he, ha- he seems like he's known these kids for four years. And he has this depth of knowledge about these kids on the draft, and he pays them their due. And I-, I literally walked up to him, and I think I started crying, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Proud of the preparation that you put in because you honor these women. And in doing that, you honor the sports that I care about by being so prepared. So I appreciate well, that about
2: you. Well, thank you, Holly. That was super meaningful, uh super meaningful coming from you, obviously. And, and that's super nice of you to say, David. And, and it, you know, and I think that for Holly and me, you know, the reason that you're able to hear that is because we legitimately – love what we do, and we legitimately care. And it, it's it's not just about, um, you know, doing it right for our own presentation of work, which obviously that matters to us. Um, and it's not even just about doing it right for the audience. It's also what Holly just said. It's about doing it right for the athletes. You know, I, I know what it's like uh, to be on the other side of that um, now a little bit because of my childhood buddy – who plays for the San Francisco Giants, and I know, I feel like if I, if, if I'm hearing someone, Joe Panix's name, if I hear an announcer, like, talk about him, and it's like, it's not the right information, or it is, you know, unintelligent or something, or they don't give him his, like, due or pay attention to him, like, I feel cheated, I'm not his, I'm not his, you know, cousins, I'm not his brother, I'm not his parents, so for events like the WNBA draft, where that is, That's not a random baseball game. That's a monumental moment for these kids. And, you know, their parents are – they want to, you know, enjoy that moment. And I think that, you know, one of the – you need to think about what that's like for them. Or, you know, somebody's having a big game. Uh, It's not just about articulating it to the viewer. It's also like, hey, you know, that that woman's family is watching – and, you know, they're like, hey, what about what about Tiffany? She's having a great game. Or in any sport, you know, the you know, the 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 seventh man on the Celtics who has a huge game. Like his family's watching, like, whoa, how come you know nobody's uh given, you know, Kelly O'Linick love? He's he's had a great game, whatever. They deserve that. They've earned that. And I think what's just a little insider thing about how much Holly cares about that. She went to the league and to us at ESPN and basically said we have got to make sure at the WNBA draft we read all of these kids' names because that is their moment. And I know we're trying to do a television show, and, and you know, yes, is it the most gripping uh, viewing experience for us to uh, start breaking down third-round draft picks of the WNBA draft? No, it's not. Um, and it is more interesting for the viewers for us to break down whether or not the Washington Mystics, now with Elena Deladon, can win a title. But – we need to give those girls their due. It's their big day, and it's not right for us not to honor that. And that was Holly who got us to make sure that every single name is said. And then this year, they actually had us like read through afterwards as well, so they could be properly uh, presented, like in in post tape as well. Um, and uh, and and you know, just one more thing on on what you know, Rebecca and I always witness Holly doing. She literally exhausts every single source possible to bring the audience stories they have not heard before. You know, it's not easy anymore in today's media climate because there are so many avenues for information. And a story that used to be news when it was said on the air for the first time during a game has now already been processed and regurgitated. And there are a lot of sideline reporters that make their reports just giving you whatever has been in the news that week which you already are aware of but holly has always made sure to use her relationships to get information that somehow you're going to hear for the first time when you listen to her report and it, it, it all stems from that passion and care
0: well i do remember back when every broadcast we used to hear would say did you know we would t- say did you know carol lawson played field football when she was younger
2: because they must have,
0: because they must have said it at every single game, even if she just wasn't playing at it. I think. I know.
2: Right, right.
1: right. Our bosses would always say, "Do your best stuff." So you know, you can't assume that every single person who tunes, tunes into a broadcast has heard the previous broadcast. But so we will repeat
0: some of those good stories. So don't don't judge us for that one. <laughs> Not a problem. Well, I, the one thing that I will say, get, bringing things back on point for a minute here, as we look to wrap this up, is. I, I've watched some of the Hall of Fame inductions and such, and I am truly looking forward to this speech, because there has been some really dry ones over the years, and this should not be a dry speech at all.
1: I've been no, She's
0: she to be great.
1: Her write it.
0: I would and, hope, I
2: hope so. <laughs>
1: she's hilarious on her own, but her husband's a professional wordsmith, so I wondered.
2: I you know I think, well, that, you know, I think she just, even talked about that actually I think um because the other day Holly uh, when uh, she was talking about doing her mother's eulogy and I think she was saying that like she always uses Steve to curate and he's just unbelievable at it obviously uh, so I'm sure that they're gonna teamwork this up like they do in real life and it will be it will no doubt be funny touching poignant she's gonna crush it. I have no doubt.
1: David, my last thing, we were with Rebecca the day um, after she found out she was getting inducted, and so we had to keep this big secret at the Women's Final Four. And um, when we could finally tell people, someone said, well, who are you going to have present you? And her comment was, there's only one person that she would even consider, and that that means Gino." you know. And I just, like, I got chills when she said that because, you know, he, she put him on the map. He put her on the map. That beautiful relationship and friendship and mentorship. Um, I can't wait to hear what Gino says because she's his first player to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, so I think this is going to be a really special
0: moment historically because of that. You know, funny, quick funny story is years ago, that most people don't know this. Uh, I was working for a public accounting firm and Gina and I actually helped set up Gino's basketball camp and Gino was a client of ours, and he came in, and this was when they were not good. Uh, they just started to turn the corner. Kerry Baskin was there, but he said, yeah, you know, he heard. he was talking about, and one day he was just sitting down in our offices, and he was talking about, yeah, we did that, yeah. And then, you know, I, he was talking about some of the things that they weren't getting for perks and stuff like that at, at UConn compared to other schools. And he said, well, wait until, he started, that smile came out, that sly one that he has this, But wait until next year. Wait until you see the girl that I just got to sign for our team. And it was Rebecca. So, you know, he he knew that she was going to be a difference changer, uh, right at that point already before she even enrolled. So I I think you're right. It's absolutely perfect that he's doing the, uh, the, the, uh, introduction that he's the one that's representing her. So, uh, they are, they are, to me, they're always, they'll always be attached.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. No doubt.
0: Well, guys, I want to thank you for this, for taking the time to talk about this. The other thing that's interesting, the last thing I want to say is, you know, when they, when she first got married, you know, she was playing here in the uh, for the Springfield Spirit in uh, NWBL or something, I think it was. And uh, we used to go to the games, and my daughter has probably more autographed stuff from Rebecca Lobo than anybody in the history of mankind. Uh, We have a USA basketball jersey that she got married in. I think we have the only Rebecca Russian signed item because my kid wanted (laughs) to to have a Rebecca uh, have her use her married name. (laughs) She didn't. She didn't know at that point that you know people can keep their single name. Uh, So she had a Rebecca Russian jersey. That's very cool. That's awesome. (laughs) Guys, thanks again. We still have some WNBA playoff games that we'll be seeing you guys on and looking forward to that as ESPN continues their coverage. But uh, thank you for taking time to celebrate uh, one of my favorite people in women's basketball. One of the people, I mean, in Connecticut, you couldn't not get into women's basketball in 1995, and I've been a fan ever since. Uh, so uh, keep up the good work. Thank you for taking the time to talk about Rebecca behind her back. And uh <laughs> and enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you.